Welcome to our Streams International Ministry Podcast with Prophet Jared Nusulu, PhD, and Prophetess Gabriella Nusulu. Experience prophetic revelation teachings, personal prophecies, healing, deliverance, breakthrough. You are now listening to a teaching recorded at one of our live church services. Do you want to hear the Spirit of God saying to this church? I've got to pull my eyes out. I'm happy, but I want to cry my eyes out. You've got to get used to me, mate. Don't underestimate intimacy. I said, don't underestimate intimacy with your father. Amen. There's no shortcut to the heartbeat of God. It's not what you do, it's who you are. Oh, yes, amen. You've got to understand you're living in a world that says now. It made you so made the people so busy that they got no time for intimacy. Amen. Church, I'm speaking the heart of God. Your father loves you. He wants you oh, yes. in his presence. You don't earn the right to the Father. You've already got it. He's come for you. Oh, yes, amen. Can you hear me? Oh, we hear you, Papa. It's not what you do to earn the right to your Father. Your Father called you before the foundation of the earth. He sent Jesus because he saw you in this moment. And he says, I want my kids in my heart. Oh, yes, amen. Just appear before him. Just appear before him. He doesn't, you don't even have to talk. Just be there so he can get to you. Oh, yes. I know I'm right. I know I'm right. Amen. He doesn't need your conversation. He just wants your company. He'll put stuff inside you you don't even know is being put in you. And you'll end up doing something, not because you asked him, but he knew that's just what you were meant to do anyway. I'm not here because I asked for it. I would never qualify myself to stand before you. But he saw something before the foundation of the world in Ferguson he wanted. Amen. He amen. come and got me. Oh, yes. Amen. I said to him no three times when he asked me to travel the world in 95. I told him, you got the wrong person. Three times I said to my leader, no, you got the wrong person. Finally, God shouted at me. I never wanted him to have to talk to me like that again. But he had a plan for me. Yes, amen. Wasn't even on my radar. 
But he came for me because he loves me. Can you hear me, church? Please hear me. We hear you, prophet. Please hear me. You're special. Oh, yes. You're valuable. He's got a call that's so unique for you. I just, I got so much stuff going on inside me, I don't know where to start. But there's something I do want to share. Because I, I want to share some keys that I've learned to develop the anointing. Because I don't have too much to offer. Neither do you have much to offer unless the Spirit of God comes on you. Amen. Who can hear me? We hear you, prophet. Without the Spirit of God on you, you've got nothing to offer. Amen. And that's why I love the Spirit of God. I'm sorry, I'm a bit of a mess. It's his, it's his fault. <laughs> Amen. Number one, he invited me. He didn't tell me that you guys were like you are. And me. It's your fault too because you've made this atmosphere like this. So you're to blame. Praise God. Don't you laugh. Your turn's coming. I love this. It's my spiritual son. That's muscle. Where was I? So I'm talking about this whole, whole understanding of nurturing the anointing on your life. Oh, yes. The world's not going to train you to be a, an anointed person. Amen. You're not give you, the world's not going to give you any, any program to develop the anointing on your life. But what I do know is that you don't have much to offer until you understand the nature of the Spirit of God in you. And I... See, and it's, and it's not the size of your church that influences community. Amen. It's got nothing to do with a size of something. It's not about numbers. God. And that's why I know. I know why I said what I said to you because it's the, it's the atmosphere that the church brings to a community that changes things. Oh, yes. Amen. It's, you bring an atmosphere with you wherever you go. You bring the atmosphere of the Spirit of God. It's not in this building that you stay. The atmosphere stays. You take the atmosphere with you. Oh, yes. That's why I want to talk about the anointing. Because the anointing goes with you wherever you go. Oh, yes. It doesn't stop in church when you leave. You take it with you. All right. And so the Holy Spirit becomes your greatest asset. Would Amen. you say this, please? The Holy Spirit is my greatest asset. The Holy Spirit is my greatest asset. Shout it. The Holy, the Holy Spirit is my greatest asset. I can go home now. I've delivered the message. I mean, honestly, if that got birth inside of you, what else do you need to hear? Yes, amen. You'll pursue the Holy Spirit until it transforms everything about your world. Oh, yes. 
I said the Holy Spirit is your greatest asset. Amen. I love this church. I could, I may not leave. <laughs> Hallelujah. Oh, God. So he takes us. See, it's the Holy Spirit that takes us from being a normal human being into a supernatural being. Amen. Now, I know, you, I know I'm creating a contention in some people by saying that because even that, saying that creates tension between the worlds you live in and what you're experiencing here even this morning in this building. Yes. Right now, this atmosphere is made for you. You can sense it. You have to be pretty thick if you don't. Amen. You let it talk like that here? Oh, yes. I'm off the farm. We have a language that not everybody understands. Sometimes. We are following. There's some things I'm not allowed to say anymore. I used to say, when the dog wasn't doing what it was meant to do by rounding up the sheep, if you don't get behind, I'll put a bullet in your head. I got married to a city girl when I said that, she almost shot me. <laughs> you don't say that about pet dogs. Judy babysits my son's dog. I have, I have contention. Because suddenly the dog gets all the love. <laughs> he puts his legs around her neck. And I don't. Amen. And she's glad. We're not we're subject closed. I'm going back to preach the gospel. Thank you, Jesus. Mate, I thought I'd get some sympathy from you guys. You don't get anything. In other words, the dog gets all the attention and I get none. If it wasn't for Jesus, I'd be a lost soul. Anyway, that's not getting, I'm not getting on with this. Hang on. It's so... The Spirit of God comes on us and changes the, of the values of our life. The, the, I haven't got time to talk about this this morning, but there's three kinds of anointings. And we need to understand the, the, the need is to, to nurture the anointing of God on us. Oh, yes. When you ask Christ to come into your heart, you ask the anointed one into your world. Amen. Christ came into you. The anointing came into you. That's oh, an yes. anointing that's oh, yes. in you. It's not going to leave you or forsake you. He's always going to be there. Oh, yes. So if, if I were you, I would nurture that anointing. And that's why I'm saying intimacy is absolutely imperative that you nurture the anointing on the inside of you. He's, he's never going to leave you. He's never going to forsake you. My God, can you hear me, please? Oh, yes. We hear you, prophet. 
In Acts 2, there's an anointing that comes on you, and that's for you to serve with. The power of God came on him, and they began to go out and change the world with the anointing that was on them. Yes. That can shift. That can come and go. You can decide when to operate those gifts when you don't. The anointing comes on you. If I were you, I would, I would, it's a different kind of anointing that came into you it's for a different purpose. But I find some people don't nurture that anointing. Yes, amen. They have moments where the Spirit of God comes on them and they never learn if the Holy Spirit came on you to do something, He can come on you again if you learn to learn how to work with it. Some people get healed now and again because you turned up. But if someone's got healed by you once, they can get healed by you. Something else can get healed by you again. Amen. By nurturing that, watching how you've learned how to function in that anointing. We're going to give you some keys about that in a minute. Oh, yes. But right now I'm trying to get you to understand, need first of all to make the, the Holy Spirit the greatest asset in your life. Oh, yes. If he's not the greatest asset, you're going to sit here and substitute everything for sitting in church thinking this is it. Amen. You're in the kingdom. The kingdom's inside of you. God's world. God wants you to function in his world, not your world of brokenness and heart. And all, all the things that come with this world. Amen, amen. You get into his world and you function from his way, from his way, the way he does it. Yes, amen. And if it's not happening, then maybe there's something you've got to have a look at. And let me tell you, you have to be thick if you can't catch the spirit of this house. Amen. I love you, man. There's an anointing over this house. Oh, yes. Amen. Take it home with you. No, the Bible says the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Oh, yes. This has been an incredible prophetic morning. Right from the word go, when I, heard, when I heard my friend testify of the healing of his heart, man, if you didn't, get, if you didn't catch the spirit of that, you need help. Amen. Catch the, catch the spirit of that. I remember I was just born again in a little town and it was the day of cassettes. That's a long time ago. Oh, yes. I'm not telling you a whole I'm quite young, really. <laughs> but the issue is I had this tape. I lived in a little town. I didn't know who the guy was. But, man, he had... I didn't know what he had on him then, but he had something that I didn't... Now I know it's the anointing. But he was so infectious in my spirit 
that I played it so often that Judy would say, stop talking like him. <laughs> and I, I actually talked like him. I wore the tape out. Amen. But the testimony of Jesus is prophetic. Oh, yes. And I end up doing what he's doing. Amen. I'm trying to make this, I'm trying to make this practical as I can because I know why I'm here. Oh, yes. I had a logging business. And they, because I was a loyal, faithful boy, they thought they should give me a, a what they called them house churches back in those days. I wouldn't call them now, but... And I said, no, look, I don't have time. I don't have time. To, I got men, I had about 15 guys working for me. And, but anyway, what happened in the end, that I said, okay, I'll have a go. That's what I said, I'll have a go. I, I used to go to work at half past six and come home at half past six at night and I'd have a meeting at, at seven o'clock. I worked hard. I, at times I didn't have I didn't have I didn't have the time to study and do this other thing. <laughs> they gave me twenty people. I had a purgative revival. We take twenty people and make it five. <laughs> I know how to have revivals. I learned what a purge revival was when people stopped coming. <laughs> and probably about the, th I was pretty early in the peace, and this lady wanted me to pray for her. I've been listening to this guy's tape. And so I go to pray for her. I learned very quickly that you don't stand people in front of lead glass panels. Because I prayed for her and she went straight through my lead glass panel in our living room. Wow. I was shocked. I had never known, no one, no one fell over. <laughs> this woman did, and she was a big chick. <laughs> I wanted to say, would you re please replace that? It's going to cost a lot of money. Amen. <laughs> The second week, guess what happened? Someone went through the one on the other side. No one told me you need catchers. No one told me that you don't stand people in front of glass. It took one more lesson. Wow. The third one, when someone went through my front window. At least they teach you these days. I had no one to teach me. Amen. At least you get taught in this church. Oh, yes. So after th three glass panels, literally some went through the front window. From then on, I never stood anybody in front of glass, and I've never done that ever since. But the Spirit of God came on me. Oh, yes. My pastor died. And they said, well, we think you're the best guy to take over from him. I had a logging business. 
had gone and gone and started church in another town, and so and they asked me, and I said, "No, you got the wrong person." They kept asking me. I'm talking this for a reason. Please get where I'm going. I had, I hadn't been to Bible college. I was taught how to work hard. I knew how to change light bulbs. I knew how to clean up. I was the first at church to clean the toilets. I was the last to leave when I turned the lights out. My peers called me the, 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 the preacher's pet because they always seemed like I was hanging around the preacher looking for something. No, my, just my dad taught me how to work hard. Amen. I tell you what, I was a servant first. Yes. Jesus was a servant first. Oh, yes. Jesus served. Oh, yes. So my story happens now. They've, finally, I've said, okay, you want me to, I'll give it a go. Because my business was big enough to, I put my foreman in. I thought, well, if this doesn't work, I'll go back. So I put my foreman in charge of my business, and I thought, well, okay, I'll have a go. The regional area pastor's coming to take me and introduce me to the church. And on the way over, he says, can you preach? I said, I'm not sure. <laughs> he freaked. <laughs> he looked at me and said, well, I'll tell you what, I'll start. I'll say something, then you say something after me. I said, okay, that's fine. Well, I had nothing to lose. So he preached, he preached well, but he said something I knew a little bit about. So I just picked up where he was and carried on. And as I took the microphone, the Spirit of God came on me. Amen. And when I finished at the end of the night, he said, I thought you said you couldn't preach. I said, I didn't know that I could. <laughs> Amen. Have I told you the story before? About five times. <laughs> My first meeting, a little Scotsman ran out of the car park into my... I hear a Scottish accent around here somewhere too. Just a wee bit. Yeah, yeah. He ran into the car park, out of the car park, in, in my middle of my 20-minute preach. That's as long as I could preach for 20 minutes. And halfway through, he said... The doctor sent me here. I got brain damage. I got liver damage. I'm an alcoholic. He says, I'm dying. And he said, you're the only people in this town that can help me. We only, we just, the church just started. There's only about 40 people. I said, okay, I'll pray for you. Again, you've got to remember, this is back in 1960. This guy hit the deck. Lay there. Everybody's gone home, and Jude and I are waiting for him to get off the floor so we can lock up the building. <laughs> Finally, he got up. He says, I'm healed. I said, well, you better go and tell the doctor that. Amen. I wouldn't have a clue. Sometimes it's good when you don't know too much. So he went to the doctor, and he came back two weeks later with a, with a note saying he was completely healed. Oh, wow, wow. 
You don't have to have a pulpit to have this kind of experience with the Holy Spirit. Amen. You just got to love God and want to do it God's way. The second week I turned up at this church, I come up to walk to, and as I walk past the, the, the two lots of 20 people, as I walked past, I wasn't even looking at the people. As I walked past, they all fell over. <laughs> That's scary. Amen. When you haven't had that happen before. I walked past the second row and they all fell over. Now I've got half a church lying on the floor and half the... I'm, I mean, I'm scared spitless, aren't I? This is... I mean, this is... You see that now, but back in my day, you never saw it. Yes, amen. But the Spirit of God was on me. Oh, yes. The next week I went, all I remember is a woman in a red coat come flying up the aisle and she dive tackled me <laughs> like a rugby tackle. I thought, well, this must be a demon. <laughs> so I swung around and said, Come out of her. And she lay like she died on me. If you've never seen that before, that's scary too. Amen. She got up off the floor and went back and never saw her again. But I had a Church of England vicar who was, people had come around to listen to my pastor who had started the church and they went back and asked him questions and he, came so, he came, became so intrigued, he came round and resigned from the Church of England and sat in this meeting, and yep. he was now part of the congregation. As soon as I found out, I thought, he should have been the minister, not me. But he came up to me after the end of that meeting. He said, Fergus, there's no doubt about it, God's called you to be the pastor of this church. Amen. Thank God for that, because whatever he said, I did. <laughs> Until I found out. I didn't want anyone to die. Because I didn't know how to bury them. Guess what happened? Two weeks in, someone died. Well, they're under the ground. I'm not sure the process was right, but they're under the ground. Amen. All I'm saying this for is I know the journey of nurturing the Spirit of God because it was the greatest asset of my life. Oh, yes. Amen. And I'm convinced that I, it's not just because I was a, had some title of being that, in that case I was the pastor. It had nothing to do with it. I was Fergus. Yes. With the Spirit of God on me. Oh, yes. Amen. And that's who you are. And God showed me in a vision of you carrying the power of God. And I'll go to the grave seeing that picture. I'm doing everything in my power to get you to understand that that's what the Spirit of God's about. Oh, yes. This little lady here. My God. Ah. Carry it. Carry it. I receive. 
Thank God for you. Jephthah was a nobody. But God clothed him with the Spirit of God. Hithaniel was a nobody, but God clothed him with the power of God. And he led Israel in peace for 40 years. Oh, yes. Gideon was a nobody. He said it with his own mouth. I'm the least in my father's house. In my father's house, the least in all Israel. But God clothed him. Oh, yes, amen. And he led a whole army of people to defeat the enemy. I know why I'm here. I know that it's my job to sow something into your heart. Oh, yes. I receive. That you're it. I receive. You're the Gideon. I receive. You're the Japheth. I receive. You're the Hithenor. Samson. We all know his end. But God clothed him. Because he clothed him. That's what he did. Please hear me. Oh, yes. I've been preaching for I don't know how many years, 40 years or something. I'm quite over it. I just want to get with people who want to want what I got. Oh, yes. Amen. I don't really want to preach to followers. People sitting in church listening to sermons thinking that's what it's about. Amen. Your neighbor needs you. Your workplace needs you. Oh, yes. Oh, God, I just want to tell you. I'm sorry, but I, I feel quite broken on these things because I'm desperate for someone to pick this thing up and carry it. Oh, yes. That's why he's with me because I know he will carry it. And that, oh, that's yes. for you. I'm sorry. You've got to not write this from me. But I'm desperate for God's sake, for the nation's sake, for people's sake. Oh, yes. Amen. Would you carry it, please? Oh, yes. Because I'm not saying something, it doesn't mean to say that nothing's happening in the room. Amen. I'm sorry, guys. I've seen kids carry it. Little 14-year-old boy, five-year-old, I should say. I don't know whether I've told the story here or not, but everyone else, if I, did I tell it here? Well, I'm not going to tell it again then. A five-year-old kid had no theology on healing. Yes. Just the Spirit of God, and because I imparted it into him. Oh, yes. He laid hands on, the, on his elder, 15-year-old boy, five-year-old laid hands on his 15-year-old, and he gets healed. I've seen a seven- or eight-year-old boy lay hands on his grandpa, and his grandpa gets healed because of the Spirit of God on him. No other reason, no. Had no theology on it. I was preaching for my senior leader here in Sydney. Excuse me. Between preaching and running notes, I'm quite busy here. <laughs> Amen. 
I prayed for this lady. She came forward and she got healed. So I just straight away, I like challenges. So I just got her to lay hands on somebody else that was alongside her and they got healed. Guess who the first person to get saved was when I had an old call at the end of the meeting? The lady that got the other lady healed. Amen. She wasn't even saved, but the Spirit of God came on her. Yes. And the Spirit of God flowed through her because we are vessels. Oh, yes. Amen. God spoke to a donkey once. Amen. That's right. And you're more valuable than a donkey. Oh, yes. Say it. I'm more valuable than a donkey. I'm more valuable than a donkey. So I can carry the Spirit of God. With much more dignity than a donkey you'll ever carry it. Amen. Am I getting through? Oh, yes. Say, I'm loaded. I'm loaded. I'm full of it. I'm full of it. Amen. I have a language from the farm, but I'm not allowed to use that anymore. Oh, God. Oh. That's the first set of notes. Amen. Prophesy. My spiritual son just failed me. He never caught it. He just failed the test. Of loyalty. Forgive I'll forgive you. Amen. Don't run away, please. Now. Yeah. I'm going to try and teach you just a little bit, and then we're going to see what the God does. Oh, man. Shut your eyes, look up. Father, I just thank you for this moments with God. I love this church. I love your people. I thank you that your anointing comes over this house. Thank you, Jesus. That Lord, these people in this session, in this day, in this moment, will catch what I'm saying. Oh, thank you, Lord. I thank you for the release of your body. This is your body, Father. This is your church, which fills all in all. I release this anointing over them now. Thank you for it. Thank you, Father. All right. I'd better give you a scripture just in case you think I preach without scriptures. I do believe in the Bible. Amen. This is 2 Corinthians 4, verses 7. But it's, the, it's the Passion Translation. Listen, listen to this. We're like common clay jars. Say, I'm like a common clay jar. I'm like a common clay jar. Oh, yeah. But listen to the rest of it that carries this glorious treasure within. Oh, yes. 
Point the finger at your heart. Say, the treasure's in me. The treasure is in me. Would you wake up tomorrow morning and say, the treasure's in me? The treasure is in me. Say it again. The treasure's in me. The treasure is in me. It never leaves me. Never leaves me. But I just know that you're loving this moment. What scares me, you won't say it again. I don't want to sit here and just say nice things that sound nice. Amen. It never changed me. It's when I said stuff for 15 years when I didn't have a teacher and I had to tell myself day after day that what I had to think about because the way I was thinking was wrong. Hard work. Discipline. I wish it was all just goosebumps on my goosebumps. But the reward... It's the reward. Oh, yes. Pull every thought into subjection that doesn't belong to the, to, to the Word of God. That's not, if it doesn't come from the page of the book, you better check it out. Amen. I was, a, I was so, I was just thought so low about myself. My two, I came from five brothers. My two older brothers, we did what our dad did because that's what we thought we did. My two young brothers were academics. And I used to love them, but man, I thought, why didn't I get that opportunity? I had all the, all the stuff to, that, was, that made me think I was a second-hand piece of furniture. Yes. I had to change it. Oh, yes, Amen. And so day after day after day, I paraphrase what the scriptures said. I say, God's in me. I say, God's with me. Oh, yes. Say, when I turn up, something's going to happen. Oh, yes. It sounds arrogant, but it wasn't coming out of arrogance. It was coming out of desperation. And I know that some of you carry desperation inside you because you're sick of being ordinary. But you never were ordinary. Amen. Tell that demon in your head to get off it. Oh, yes. Some of you blame yourself for your thinking. No, there's a demon outside your head. You're not demonized. It's the thoughts that you've got to take control of that he doesn't use. Oh, yes. Amen. I know some of you would have come from abuse, all kinds of backgrounds. But I've seen what happens. When you take a hold of your thinking, it might take a process. Oh, yes, amen. But you're going to change the way you think. Oh, yes. You're going to think like a daughter of God. Amen. You're going to think like a son of God. You're going to start dreaming of dreaming, seeing a vision. Come on, you are. Oh, yes. My God. Oh, God, I can tell you. I didn't want anyone to be as lonely as I was as a 19-year-old boy coming off a sheep station talking to sheep, horses, and dogs. That's all I ever saw. People every three months for a, while, for a few hours. I was a mess. But I thought that was normal. Am I talking to somebody? Yes. Oh, yes. The treasure's inside of you. Amen. Don't listen to what's on the outside. Listen to what's on the inside. Right. Amen. You're not shaped by what's on the outside. You shape what's on the inside. Oh, yes. God is on the inside. Oh, yes. 
God. You're in Christ. But your head won't tell you that unless you tell your head to think like that. Amen. Eventually your heart will own it. And that heart begins to lead you, not your head. Yes. I'm so why am I talking like this? I'm talking like this because I know that this, this church is designed and created for you to live in the Spirit. Oh, yes. Amen. All right, let me read this treasure, this treasure within so that the extraordinary overflow of the power will be seen as God's and not ours. <laughs> How powerful is that? 2 Corinthians 4, 7. My God. God loves using ordinary people. Oh, yes. Because people can see that it's God and not them. Amen. Oh, I can tell stories all day because the testimonies, the prophetic testimonies is in our stories. Oh, it yes. has the power to catch people. Oh, yes. Change them, transform them. Jude, give me quick. Do as you're told for once. <laughs> I love this chick. She's been mine for 54 years and, and no one else is going to get a hold of her. Amen. I go, I go on about it, but she, she gives me a hard time to quite. She, I'm, 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 I'm quite bruised on the inside. Now. No, but I want you just because, no, it's, I mean, everyone sees Jude's capacity to just love and just be a quiet kind of person in the background. But her testimony of healing is huge. Tell them about the, the seizures. Oh, you got your own microphone. Not oh, take, you can't have mine. <laughs> this is mine. <laughs> okay, yeah. Go for it, baby. Yes, sir. Just don't speak better than me because otherwise you'll get the job and I'll, I won't have one. It's <laughs> no show of that. <laughs> but my journey was beautiful. I was um, struck with viral meningitis. I had a massive grand mal seizure, ending up in hospital. And um, I come out of, I mean, I was in there about 10 days or whatever, and I come out and I was on medication. And uh, in my heart, I was wanting to believe the Lord for my healing. But anyway, I was um, driving the car to some, picking somebody up. And as I'm driving, I feel this seizure come on me. And that's a horrible feeling because I, 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 and it's funny, uh, in your panic or in fear, it can instantly turn to faith when you're in a situation, when you're driving the car. And I'm going, Jesus, I, I, all I said is, Jesus, you and I. And with that, the thing dissipated. I went, oh, well, that, that worked. That was good. But, you know, it's like, wow, um, I, I really wanted to make it happen. But anyway, after that, I was, uh, I, I was still on medication, but I was having 14 seizures a day. I, was, I believe I was instantly healed at that moment. But sometimes it's a maintenance job that puts on us. Yes. That you know that can be put on us. So, for three and a half years, every time I'd feel a seizure come on me, I would just say Jesus, and the thing would go. Wow. So God was good, huh? Amen. But, and I, I, I'm so grateful that I I never even questioned that God hadn't healed me. I just went, Jesus, you're the boss. You're my Lord. You're my everything. 
And uh, after three and a half years, I was totally, I mean, I had no more seizures, and that's been 23 years ago now. Wow. <laughs> so, <laughs> so God is good, huh? I mean, he, he knows us, and this just sometimes because uh, our faith needs to grow, hey? We can, we can get an instant situation done for us, which is good, but sometimes we just need to learn to grow up a bit. Well, I did anyway. And, uh, you know, God's so good. He knows us. He knows how to get you because he loves you. Oh, yeah. yes. Amen. Okay. I love hearing that story because she wouldn't call herself an evangelist, but more people have been captured by her heart. Something like 14 kids in her street gave their heart to Jesus. Because of her, just, just her love. Amen. Who can hear me? We hear you, Papa. The Spirit of God. Oh, yes. Who's going to be influenced by the Spirit of God on you? Amen. I've got to try and get through this because I've I got an army of believers here. Oh, yes. Amen. And I can, we, we got to do some damage to the devil's people. Oh, yes. I love this church, man. I just don't want to live in Sydney. I'm a country boy. Uh, yeah, you come up to Port Macquarie. Yeah. I'll prophesy it. Prophesy it, prophet. I don't think, I, I, I don't want to get into trouble. No. All right. So, so please hear me because I know that this, what I'm about to say is going to be contended by what the world that you live in. Oh, yes. God wants you to be kingdom focused. Oh, yes. Everyone say, shout it out. Kingdom focused. Yeah. Kingdom focused. Some of you didn't even say it. I have, to, I have to take back the thought that I was having because then when I said something you're not even saying, then you all started saying that, and I was about to say to you, you sound like old Brown's cows coming into milk. <laughs> Dragging along. You know, <laughs> but I take that back because you, you broke that. Yeah. <laughs> so it became... So we become kingdom focused. And it took me a while to catch it because I had no one to teach me that. Yes. And no one to challenge me that on that. Today I'm challenging you to challenge your own mind as whether the thoughts in your mind are kingdom focused or that or this world focused. Amen. Who's having the most influence over the world you're living in or is the kingdom? That's right. Who wakes up in the morning and says, God's in me? Amen. Who halfway through the morning walking through their kitchen or, 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 or the job and saying, look out, I'm here to change the world. Oh, yes. 
Because the external world wants to shut you down. Amen. And I'm sick of it. Oh, yes. Are you? Yes. Enough is enough. <laughs> Power. <laughs> Say, so I'm kingdom focused. I'm kingdom focused. I'm bringing the kingdom. I'm bringing the kingdom. Look out. Look out. I'm coming. I'm coming. I think we're good. You're getting it, aren't you? Oh, yes. All right. This is, if, see, I may not be prophesying over you as an individual, but I'm telling you, what I'm saying is prophetic. Oh, yes. Amen. And if you can buy into it with your heart, you'll go home and start just saying it. Like I did with that, with that guy that listened on the cassette tape. I just started talking. I, I caught it. Oh, yes. I found out who he was. He's one of Australia's leading evangelists. He's not, he's not, I think he's retired now. But, but the thing was that I, I didn't know either. I just didn't know who he was. But his spirit got on me. Yes, amen. And I sit... Now, in front of great people, catching the spirit of them. Oh, yes. Amen. I want to catch the spirit of great people. Oh, yes. I lived in a little town of 4,000 people where I planted this, this, my first church. And because it was so isolated, I used to travel to here and go to all the big shots around the world because I wanted to sit under them and catch the spirit of who they were. Oh, yes. I didn't want to be who they were because I'm Fergus. Yes, amen. I can't be like these big shots. But it doesn't mean that I can't carry the spirit of what they're saying. Amen. Am I right? Oh, yes. Don't try and please be who you are. Oh, yes. Stop trying to be somebody else. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of looking to people who are trying to be like somebody. Thinking that they're going to make the grade because they speak at, because they've got all the right words to say. They've got all the, the right songs they sing. They've got all the, all the outside working, but on the inside they can't even hold their marriage together. Amen. But they want to change the world. Oh, yes. I've traveled the world for 25 years. And half the, half the ones I go to don't even exist anymore. Amen. Not half, that's a bit exaggerated, not that many. But, but it seems like that sometimes because yes. cause I, they've got all the right songs, they've got all the right, everything's right. But, but there's no power. Amen. Come on, this church is different. Oh, yes. There's no one as unique as you. I was in. Oh, mate, I haven't got very far in my message, but I, but I hope my stories are helping you to catch what I'm saying. Oh, yes, amen. I'm not the most eloquent preacher. I preach to my wife. Doesn't work. Doesn't work. But I love her and it works. Amen. I tell her 20 times a day, I love you, baby. I love you, baby. She still doesn't stop taking my money, though. 
That's all right. She's got her own credit card. Now I've lost my anointing. Where was I? Oh, for goodness sake. I was, I was, I was in England and I was uh, preaching in a conference in, in, uh, in London and some guy comes down from the north of England and uh, he came in and he said, oh, I've just been up in a conference in north of England and, and I met these people who had limbs and I told them I was coming down to listen to you preach and he says, you know, there can only be, this, his words were, there can only be one Fergus McIntyre. I took, I took that as being a pat in the back. Amen. There's only one of you. Oh, yes. There's only one of me. But because, in other words, you, you, you identify me with who I was and how the anointing worked on me. Yes, amen. The next day, he's, he comes down himself and turns up in the meeting. I used to say to Judy, this, this is a beautiful thing about when you, when you carry something on you. I, I, this guy was in, they, on their honeymoon from England and they came into my church and they stayed with me three years until their visa ran out. I, I really, I, they were just a beautiful couple. I used to miss them. I used to say to Judy all the time, I wonder where the Hadlams are. I said, I'll bet they're in England somewhere and I'll bet they've got a church somewhere. Guess what? I went to England and they turned up in my meeting and I found out they had a church just out of... Wow. And I'm saying that... Because they caught something off me. Yes, amen. Please. You can never be as good looking as this guy. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) Amen. I would love to have a suit like that. Oh, yes. Let me have it. (laughs) No, it's not going to (laughs) work. By the way, that's muscle. Amen. And and Judy loves she loves me cuddling her. So I can't lose it. I'd get no more cuddles. Oh, dear me. You've done... I, I, I never used to be like this. I've had, this only happens since I've arrived here. <laughs> Hallelujah. I've only got one third of the page. <laughs> and I've got ten pages of notes. I'm not getting on very well here. Okay. I really have to, I really have to get going. How long have I got? Tell me. The day is young. It's not working. It's not working. Yours is not working. <laughs> Mine's not either. <laughs> See, what's mine saying? It says goodbye. <laughs> yeah. Love you guys. You're awesome. Oh, I'm We going. love you more. <laughs> I'm trying. Yeah, okay. I'm, I'm really going to try and get serious now. <sighs> That's beautiful water. 
I'd say it's had the hell boiled out of it. <laughs> anyway, this, yeah, I'm serious. So my next, this, this, I'm going. I want to share some keys with you how to build the anointing around your life. Oh yes. And I'm happy to send my notes to you so that people want the note because I know you're not going to remember everything I say, but it's important enough for me. I just want you to really. Someone's going to pick this up and work it. Oh yes, amen. This guy's worked my notes. I love the guy because he's caught my spirit. Yes. And 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 I see he's a guy that's worked the principles I've taught him. But this, my first scripture is, I want to talk about developing the anointing. But developing the anointing, first of all, it, it's talking about the whole concept of developing a consciousness of the atmosphere around you and in you. That's the first key to building an, building an anointing. All right. Becoming aware of the atmosphere around you and in you. Yes. You don't have to live with stuff. Amen. Change the atmosphere. Oh, yes. You live in the kingdom. There is no drama in the kingdom. Amen. Who heard that? Oh, yes. There is no drama in the kingdom. You know that joy is a fruit of the Spirit? Oh, yes. The Spirit of Christ is on the inside of you. Oh, yes. So don't wait on a, on a corporate meeting like this to get joy. Amen. Create the Spirit of it. Just go and start laughing at yourself. Oh, yes. Or laugh at the cat, laugh at something. But stir up the atmosphere on the inside. Create the atmosphere on the inside. And that changes the atmosphere on the outside. Oh, yes. Amen. Do you know how, the change, you know how we're going to change the world? We're going to change the atmosphere. Oh, yes. I know why our neighbors got saved. Because of the atmosphere that this girl created outside the house and inside the house. Yes, amen. And so this woman comes rushing in one day and says, I can't stand anymore. When's church? That was the first word she ever spoke to us because she was fighting with the atmosphere yes. and finally the atmosphere won. Amen. I know this is it's practical, but it's real. I've learned how to wait on God. Some of you know, we've got so, such a busy world today. We do, our, we do our prayer time. We do our Bible reading. And, you know, and that's the routine, and we do that, but without actually catching up with what we're reading or saying. The best thing ever happened for me is, I mean, I, I'm kind of speaking, well, I'm a little bit embarrassed by what I'm saying, but I'm going to tell you the truth. I've been traveled for 25 years as an itinerant prophet, and that meant in 10 months of the year. And I was booked up a year ahead. Every, and so we were always on the run. Then the pandemic hit. And suddenly we weren't able to get into country, so suddenly, which is the best thing ever happened, because I'm 77, coming 78, and somewhere I had to start slowing down. But, you know, it's the best thing ever happened. I slowed down. But why? Because I started spending more time with God. 
Now, you may not have to be able to spend the same time as what I'm spending, but I'll tell you what, I want to tell you the benefit of that. Oh, yes. I started learning to wait on God. Not just my prayer chain, just not my prayer list, but I got, and I got a little spot in my office where I, it's just the same routine. I get on my knees, my head's into the, into the, in, into the, into the couch, and I just wait for God to turn up. It's the most beautiful time in the whole world. Now, I might, I might be called a prophet, but, you know, we all have bad days. We all have, I'm allowed to use it on the farm, it's called crap. Are you allowed to use that word in church? Crap happens. Amen. To us all. Oh, yes. You, you taught me that. And sometimes it does affect you. Anyone found out that it actually affects you? Yes. It affects you how you think, how you feel? Oh, yes. But you know what? I learned the answer. I go into my, little, into my closet, shut the door, and I wait on God. And if, if after 10 minutes I'm still not through, I'll grab my Bible. I've worn out Psalm 140, 145 to 150. Because you can't read that psalm and get add attitude to it. Yeah. I said add attitude to it because yes. all it does is exalt God and it makes God bigger than the crap. Yes, amen. I haven't shifted the crap. God just got bigger than that. Oh, yes, amen. Who's prepared to do that? One or two hands up. Who's prepared to do it? Oh, yes. But you've got to have attitude to do it. Oh, yes. Amen. I'm telling you, I, th this works. I'm, not, uh, I'm a practitioner. I consider myself to be a practitioner. I've had to get where I've got to, not because somebody's told me this is a good idea. I've had to work through who I am yes. to get what they're saying to happen for me. Oh, yes. Amen. So I think I've got a whole six. So I've got a secret for every one of you. And I can tell you, don't worry about your feelings. They will change. Amen. And you'll stay under that consciousness of the anointing of God. I live with a consciousness of the anointing of God on my life. Oh, yes. Judy can verify it. I'm glad she's here because I don't want to tell you something that doesn't work. I had two people in England who I was in a radio station prophesying over the leaders and these two, these were this particular couple were running around telling everybody that, that, what I, that I was a flake until I prophesied over them. I wasn't a flake after that. Now he's an evangelist getting people saved. Amen. So please, would someone do what I'm asking? You haven't struggled with some thoughts about yourself or, or things that have happened to you, please just go in. Your head does not control you, your heart does. Oh, yes, amen. And you let God come to your heart, and your heart will start to tell your head what to do. Oh, yes, amen. I'm talking about developing an anointing. You see something on me, you see something on your, on your leader. I'm telling you, it didn't come any other way. I know for sure you'd have to do what I've been doing. 
yeah. Otherwise, you'd live in your you'd live with the, with what your head telling you, not what your heart telling you. Amen. Can I go home now? No. Oh no. <laughs> we are hungry for more, prophet. Please raise your hand if you're going to practice what I've just told you. Oh yes. Oh, I'll stay. Right. So, you see, Jesus, in, in, in Mark 5.29, Jesus knew that power had gone out of him and that some from the crowd around him had touched him. He knew that. Why did he know that? Because 1 John 2.20 says, but you have an anointing from the Holy One and you know all things. So what I'm trying to say is when you start to know the anointing, you start to know all things. The anointing knows. You don't have to know all things, but so but the anointing knows all things. Oh yes. I was I really want, I was concerned. I'm saying to, to, to the Lord this morning when I got up, I got no word for this couple. I, I, I love them. I, I'm, I'm, I feel like I've known you for years. I want to sit on your knee. <laughs> Amen. I'd break it. I'm not going to. <laughs> oh, yes. But seriously, you know, but most times I usually get a word somewhere and I'm thinking, Lord, you're not, you haven't come through yet. My, in other words, there was no unction. Yes. I can make something up. I've heard too many people make stuff up. I'm not one of those guys. I can't stand it. Amen. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. If I, if I haven't got time to go, I'm not going to say it. That's right. That's right. And it hadn't come quickening in my, in my, my there was no unction in me. Yes. Until about 20 minutes, I was sitting there, and suddenly it came, the keys of the kingdom, oh, yes. to, break into, to, to break territories. Oh, yes. Yeah. Amen. Then I started thinking about, see, my heart was in the kingdom. And then as, as I'm hearing and I'm listening and, and hearing the, all these different regions, I'm thinking, but what I'm, what, what I'm thinking is making sense. All these regions that got strongholds that never had a move of God in for years. Every church in my town in Port Macquarie has come out of a split. Yes. Division. There's a div spirit of division in the city. Amen. Who can hear what I'm saying? Oh, yes. So we need... We need inside information. And so a team of intercessors who are interceding, people who are not just doing it because they want a title, but people who are genuinely got carrying the burden of their city yes, or their region in their heart, amen. they're going to go into the courts of heaven and the Spirit of God's going to drop seeds oh, yes. and they're going to unlock because that's what the prophetic does. Oh, yes. It unlocks and releases. Can you hear where I'm coming from? Oh, yes. I want you to become part of the answer, not because you've got it all in your head about worshipping God and doing all that. It's, it's being able to understand the atmosphere. Oh, yes. And you walk and do it and you change it. Amen. So most of my colleagues who've had me come to the church for 25 years, they say what you do for it is you change the atmosphere. That's what they say. Now, I'm quite happy. If that's all I do, then that's what I'll do. I'm not going to try and be like someone else and do something that they're doing. Amen. I do what I do, and I trust in you. I hope I'm leaving a, a change in the atmosphere oh, yes. that, doesn't, that doesn't come back to where it was after I've gone. Amen. 
If I do that, I'm doing my job. I may not raise the dead. If you hear and read, read in the newspaper one day about something raised from the dead, it's probably someone out of his morgue. Because he, he buries the dead. And he practices on raising them by coming in early, yeah, early in the morning. And I told him not to pick on the most frozen ones. Amen. Pick on the new ones. You know, I've got to hurry up, sorry. So, so you, have, you have an anointing. Christ's in you. That anointing abides, it doesn't leave. You need to nurture that. Oh, yes. Make it so strong, become so conscious of it. Don't let offense get on you. I'll guarantee there wouldn't be one person in this room that has not been offended. And if you haven't been, just, just hang around because you will. Oh, yes. There's nothing going to separate you from the anointing more than offense. Amen. So you forgive like he forgave you. Oh, yes. You were no angel. I was. No, I wasn't. You just looked at me. No, I wasn't. Oh, I've got to hurry up. I've got to stop nonsense. So you have an anointing. So we need to become aware. See, practice it. Work with it. You can do it while you're doing the dish. You can do it while you're... While you, you can become conscious. Make yourself become conscious of your spirit. Oh, yes. What's controlling the atmosphere of your life? That's right. I could go home now. There's about 10 years work in what I've just said. I'm aware. <laughs> when I first learned this, Judy's mother, she was, she was old. And a pommy. English. Anyone any point in England here? I love you. Amen. Judy's mum, Judy came from England, but she lived with us. Her husband died and she came and lived with us, which was, which was once she learned that I was the boss and she wasn't, we'd be good, fine. But I was in this process of learning the anointing of God. One day the Spirit of God came on me. Come and tell the story, because you tell it better. Quick. You know, coming out, coming out, and, you, and and I decked you, and then your mother, then your mother got it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm saying this. There's a story behind this. Oh, okay. That's yours. That's mine. <laughs> oh, well, I think you were reading about Peter, was it? Yeah. He said, you know, I haven't got much, but what I have, I give it away. And so he, he's got this revelation and mum and I were in the house and I was just coming down the corridor of our house and Ferg says, Jude? And I go, yeah. He says, take this. What I've got, you can have it. And he, I went down on the floor and I go... Did it away years ago. <laughs> and as I'm just on that floor, my mum comes out of her bedroom and Ferg says, She's, Peg... How old was she then? Oh, she'd be about 80. Yeah. He says, Peg, take this. What I have, 
it's you. You can have it. And she went down on the floor. And so Fig just steps over the both of us, you know, and carries on regardless. And I go, here we are, you know, on the floor splattered and scattered, you know. But then my God was good, hey. Yeah. That was, is that what you want? That's great. But, you know, I wanted you to tell the story because they didn't know how long I'd been waiting on that script and reading it until it was in me. Oh, yes. So when I said that to her, it wasn't something I thought up. It was something that sprung up out of me. Amen. There's something on me. And so I'm talking this like this. That's how I learned. I, I'm, watching, I'm watching for every observation of the state of my spirit. And I know most of the church doesn't do that. Oh, yes. They don't watch the state of their spirit. It's not about being just a nice person. It's about being a powerful person. Yes, amen. Who got that one? Amen. Now, I'm not talking about you, you don't have to fall over. I'm not saying it's about the falling over. It was the fact that it was, but well, I mean, I, I didn't expect them to fall. I didn't know what was going to happen. All I'm trying to say is that that, that truth got in me. Yes, amen. And had an outworking. It changed the atmosphere. Yes. And I know that people come into a house and they leave. I had a guy, just two guys just recently, that said, every time I come to this house, I go away feeling different. Amen. And I told the guy off because he wasn't behaving properly. I thought, you know, it wasn't, but he, I told him three times and he still hadn't done what I said. So I told him off and I never heard I never heard from him for, what, six months, seven months, maybe, eight, seven or eight months. Just finally ringed me up. Can I come and see you? He'd thought through what I'd said, and now he's ready to do it. But he's the guy that said, there's something about when I leave this place, I feel different. Yes, amen. I feel something different when I come to your church. Amen. I'd like to come into your home. And oh, feel yes. different when I left. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, well, it might be more than a day's work. Yeah. I'm going home tomorrow. <laughs> but who can you hear what I'm saying? Come on. We carry an atmosphere, and you have an unction, and you start listening to that, and you start listening and responding to what that unction on the inside, and you're going you're gonna to take this town, you're going to take this region. Oh, yes, amen. I'm telling you, God's going to raise up gifts and callings and, and, and positions that, my God, I talked to a young guy in, in the Czech Republic. He was 19 years old. He was a mechanic. And I taught him his principles. Today, he's turning over $150 million, over $150 million a year in his business. All, his, all the colleagues around him, in fact, there was about 20 of them that got saved. And they're all making big money because I taught them the ways of the Spirit. Amen. Just, this guy just bought 80 bakeries. Wow. And someone said to him, why on earth did you do that? The guy had gone broke. Because he said, because God told me. He just bought an electricity company. The guy's real, all his colleagues are saying, why on earth did you do this? This is before the Russian thing happened. He said, God told me. He bought a forest of trees. Everyone around him saying, why on earth did you do that for? There's no money in trees. He said, God told me. Amen. If he learned, listen to the unction on the inside. Yes, amen. 
I used to have to pay to go to check, pay for them to come to my conferences, pay for everything. Now, when I leave, I come back with a $10,000 check. <laughs> I didn't do it for money. I'm just being smart. But I blessed them yes, because yes. of the unction I had. Yes. I think three of them are, three of those guys is making car parts for the big motor companies in Germany. Another guy is sending stairwells all around Australia. I'm telling you, if you're smart, you'll hear me. If you're a business person, you'll hear what I'm saying. Oh, yes. And you'll wait on God. You'll hear what I'm saying. Oh, I'm yes. telling you. It works. Fred, a local Sydney guy, came to my church once. And I said, well, well, you know, he used to bring once a year. He brought his mother. He said, I said, why don't you come to church more often? He said, when I come to church, my business goes backwards. <laughs> That's what he said. I wanted to laugh, except the Spirit of God said to me, find out what, why he said that. So I prayed for him for three months, listening for an unction on the inside. I prayed for him for three months. Every day I prayed for Fred. Then I phoned him and said, Fred, you told me that your business goes backwards every time you come to church. I'd love three hours of your time. One hour a week for three hours. Please hear me out here. He was strange. He thought strange. I phoned him up. He agreed. His first marriage had broken up. He was living with a woman from Mauritius. I didn't, and she was raised on voodooism, so she was a handful. She had a few, she carrying a little bit of baggage. Amen. I turned up the first week to have this hour with him. I started sharing with him. At the end of the hour, I told him in the first, I said, I don't want you to come to church. I, that's not the issue right now. I figured if I got him to know Jesus, he would come to church. So I got to leave the at the end of the first hour, he wouldn't, he wouldn't let me go. She shut herself in the bedroom. Every time I went, she shut herself in the bedroom. Our time together... He began to hear me talk about God being a father and, and, and loving him and wanting to bless his business. But he, by the end of that year, he was saved. His wife was set free. I don't know whether it was a year later, but a while later, she got set free from all the demons she had. Amen. But, he, but that first year, his business went through the roof. He had the biggest year of business he ever had. He won't phone me up one day. He said, Fergus, would you come and pray around my warehouse? My cash flows slowed down. He wasn't saved at this point. We prayed around his warehouse. The phone went twice with two people ringing up outside of ours to say they just put checks in the mail. Yes, amen. That was in the days of checks. He shifted his whole warehouse to, to Brisbane and I, and I went to see him one day and I'm thinking, where's his warehouse? He gave me the address. Then I realized that the whole place was his warehouse. Wow. He had a little shed down here. He's got a, he had a whole block of it. And he's, he's now retired, and, but he totally prospered. Amen. Why? Because I taught him to listen to his spirit. Oh, yes. I'm serious. Are we serious about that Christianity? Oh, yes. I don't want you to be a remnant left behind when, when the end time comes because you didn't hear God. Amen. You're going to be the right place at the right time. Oh, yes. 
But it's got nothing to do with your head. When you get your spirit running right, your spirit tells your head what to think. Oh, yes. Amen. Some of that something to struggle with that. I had I gotta tell him that because this because it's real. I'm talking about something that works. Yes. I was going to church one morning and God said, I want you to mentor two men. I had a vision. That's why I love you, because I had a vision of fires burning all over Australia. Some were churches, some were churches without past, but most of the fires were in little areas, areas of gathered people. And the Spirit of God said, I want you to gather up those to be influenced by the fivefold to fan the flames that are about to light. Oh, yes. I see you're doing it. Oh, yes. Amen. amen. I know I like this church. Anyway, this, so two guys came up here that morning. They're independent of each other. They're both in the same church, but they didn't know they were going to come to me. It was independent. They came, in, they came independently. And, and um, Matt, the first guy, made an appointment to come and see me. As he walked through the door of my home, I looked at him and said, man, this guy's carrying everything in his head. He, was a very he had a very responsible job. He's a, a property valuer. I'm talking to people. I'm talking about people behind the pulpit. I'm talking to the church. Right. I said to him, man, you need to give everything over to Jesus so you can be free in your, in your head to hear God. I said, hold out your arms. So he held his arms like this. And I said, now, I want you to put all your responsibilities in your arms. We're going to hand it to Jesus. I'm talking about your money, your family, your work, everything that you can think of. We're going to hand it over to Jesus. So he did that. And I said, you ready? I said, I'm going to go three, two, one, zero. I want you to drop it on the ground. I went three, two, one, zero. And he's bent over, his elbows are bent like his elbows are he's six foot six. He's bent, his elbows are touching the ground and he still hasn't let go. Yes, amen. And there's people in this church just like that. Amen. You can't let go. Because your security is what you've got, not in God. Yes. So I shouted at him. I said, Let go. Frightened the hell out of him. He let go all right. Then I said, stand up. Turn around. I said, where's everything? He says, behind me. I said, well, now walk. I was outside in the, in the patio. I said, walk towards that fence. It was not, wasn't very far away. And this guy's a total, a total control freak. As he's walking away, I'm thinking, I'm sure, I'm sure I can hear this guy crying. He looked around, tears running down his face. He says, I'm free. He let everything go. Amen. Not that long ago, he phoned me up. It'd been wonderful watching this guy. I see him, I meet him on Zoom every week. Most wonderful thing, he, <laughs> he phoned me up one day. He said, Fergus, could I come and see you, please? I said, yeah, yeah, well, yeah. He said, then he said, why do you want to come? He said, he said, I want you to come to my funeral. That was the words he used. And I thought, what the hell is he talking about? <laughs> but when he got there, what he was meaning was, I'm dead to my old life. 
Amen. I want to I want you to recognize that my old life's dead and I'm alive to God. Hallelujah. And I've just watched that man go from strength to strength. Oh, come on, you gotta you really gotta hear me. This oh, guy's yes. a, he did what everything I've told I've just told him what I've told you. He he had a he went to the doctor. The doctor had had well, it wasn't he had broken the doctor had broken his neck. Guess what he does? He prays for the doctor and the doctor gets his neck healed. Oh, <laughs> Hallelujah. He gets a, he's talking to one of his colleagues in Tamworth. He's probably with four, three hours away or something like that. He decides, then he's, he doesn't tell him, but he, he feels the responsibility to go and see him. When he gets there, the guy's had a stroke. Guess what he does? He leads him to Jesus and prays for him. The guy gets healed from a stroke. Amen. Can anyone see why I want to talk like I'm talking? Oh, yes. This guy never had the capacity to touch his heart. Yes. Because he was a control freak. Everything had to, he had to be in control. He was having trouble at work because of his attitude at work. It's all changed. Amen. I don't know what to do. I haven't, oh. Can you give me, my watch's not working. <laughs> Who put a bomb in it? Can you hand, can I hand, what is the time? Cute time. He won't tell me the right time. You can go here. Well, put your flipping glasses on. No, you won't. She's rebellious. Well, can you give me 10 minutes? Oh, yes. Honestly? Oh, yes. I promise I'll be, but I think I've got some other things that will really help you with this one. Amen. Has this helped you so far? Oh, yes. Thank you. All right. So you've got an unction. The Spirit of God knows all things in you. And so that unction determined where Jesus functioned. There were needs all around him. But he didn't meet everybody else's needs. He didn't meet them all. Yes. He went where the unction led him. Amen. That's what, that's what you need to understand. The unction leads you to where you need to be at the right time. Yes. And if you, if you, you know, you, you can take response for the whole world, but you'll wear yourself out trying to meet its needs. I've learned that one. Moved by, moved by, I, I, I had a very unusual, I still have a very unusual mix, prophet, pastor. The mercy side of me is huge. That used to get me in trouble because I'd feel for everybody. I can't carry on with burdens. But I've learned now that I go where my unction yes. leads me. Amen. And that's where I function best. So that's what's going on, right? So there was constant need, but he functioned where that unction led him. So that's why I want you to learn to identify that. Now, this is a scripture you all know, but listen to this. Really, this is, I want you to hear it and read it. Listen to me really carefully. Luke 4, 18. Say, the Spirit of God's on me. The Spirit of God is on me. Could I have more attitude, please? The Spirit of God is on me. Why is it on you? Because you are to preach the gospel to the poor. You're anointed. Say, I'm anointed. I'm anointed. To preach the gospel to the poor. To preach the gospel to the poor. Well, you just even just start with the poor, with the needy. 
don't start practicing around the needy. Don't go to the prime minister first. Go to the needy, the poor. Find the poor. This will help you start getting involved. Because others, it all looks too big. Go after. Oh, yes. This fits into the world you're living in. Preach the gospel to the poor. Seek me to heal the broken. Heal the there's broken hearted people everywhere. Oh yes, amen. Everywhere. They call this the fatherless generation. I yes. can't believe how much craziness there is. And 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 in families that are kids that are broken hearted. Let the Spirit of God identify the broken hearted. Even if you show mercy, it's a good start to someone else may come and do some more. What you can't do, someone else will have the gift too. But start with the needy, the poor. Go to the broken heart. Proclaim liberty to the captives. Recover sight to the blind. Set liberty to those who are oppressed. And, and to, proclaim acceptably, to, to proclaim the acceptable gear of the Lord. So, now let me get on to the next point. That is not going to happen if you don't focus on it. Amen. You'll love today and forget about it tomorrow. This needs to be your favorite scripture until it's working for you. Oh, yes. Amen. I can promise you, if you don't make that your favorite scripture, the devil's going to divert your attention to something less important. The devil's biggest weapon is distraction. I said, the devil's biggest weapon is distraction. Amen. He'll get you thinking about yourself, how woe is me. Yes. And all the rest of it. Oh, yes. Stop it. I said, stop. Amen. Getting distracted. I said, stop it. I mean it. I love you, but. I know I've been around the church for too long to know what happens in Christians' minds. If you don't set up the stopwatch, the devil's going to take over. Oh, yes. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm not angry. I'm loving you. All right. So developing only requires focus. Now, listen. Focus comes out of desire. How much do you want to do it? Amen. I was lying on the floor of my bedroom knowing nothing about Jesus. And I said, Jesus, if you can get rid of the impediments in my personality, I want to make a difference. I didn't know what that really meant, but I didn't want anyone to be as lonely as what I was as a, as a 16, 17, 18-year-old boy. Amen. But I knew I had a whole lot of dysfunctional stuff inside of me. But I wanted God to use me to make a difference. Oh, yes. Raise your hand if you want to make a difference. Oh, yes. Oh, mate. I love this church. We had 150% response. Oh, my God. The Spirit of God is just coming in on this meeting right now. Oh, yes. Amen. Who can sense it? That little lady, she sensed it. I love you, girl. You'll get me saved if you keep playing like that. Oh, yes. Amen. 
You've got to focus. And focus comes out of desire. Really, you can say it with your mouth, but does does your heart really want to make a difference? Amen. Do you really want to make it a difference? I hope I'm stirring the tripe out of you today. Oh, yes. Oh, my God. My Jude's mother was 88 or something when she died. She had the biggest house church all the young ladies wanted to come to her she was 80 in her 80s she was still running her house church the last conversation I had with her was in the hospital bed where she was worn out just ready to go I said to her I said Jesus is coming for you Peg the hospital wants a bed <laughs> she's lying her eyes closed just worn, she's just worn out but even when she was worn out, she was still alert. She turned around and said to me, opened her eyes and said, yes, for you. Wow, wow, wow. That was the last words I ever heard from her. Passed away that night. But all I'm trying to say, she was motivated by the focus yes. of her heart. Amen. Right up to the end. Come on, church. We can, you're, you're part of one of the greatest churches in the country. Oh, yes. Amen. To make a difference. Amen. Please. You've got all the right influence. I can sense that. I, 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 this is the town. I travel across the seas to be in this church. I was born into this. I know what you got. Oh, yes. But you can get used to it. You can think this is normal. This is not normal. Oh, yes. It's at the top end. Please don't take it for granted what you've got. Amen. My God. I've got to hurry up here. Sorry, sorry, sorry. So, to desire means to, the Greek word is, is to make an effort, to be diligent, to endeavor, to labor and study. That's what it, in the Greek it means. You've got to give yourself to it. Yes. But you give yourself to it because you know it's going to produce a result. I feel like, did I say something to you before, but there's a call of God on your life. Oh, yes, there is. There's an evangelist inside of you. If I were you, I'd take every, I'll send you my notes. I want you to get it. I'm serious, church. I've never been more serious in my whole life than right now. I might not sound that adequate, but I'll tell you, I know what I'm saying works because I've done it and have to keep doing it. The devil's right there wanting oh, me yes. to stop. And oh, yes. Tell me, you're too old for this. They don't want you now. I said, don't fit to me. They got me whether they want me or not. Amen. Come on, you're going to start focusing. Building desire, you're going to meditate on it. You're going to start telling how people change because I turn up. Don't get anxious about it, just it'll start happening when you do the homework. Okay, okay, I've got to move on. So, so it comes out of desire. Let me go to the next, next point. The need to develop anointing means discovery and involvement. Mean discovery. It mean doesn't mean sitting in your church in, in your church week after week listening to messages. It means discovery and involvement. 
Jeremiah 30, 21. Who is this who pledges with his heart to approach me? You, you engage your heart. You actually have to live with an engage. You pledge your heart to be, to be engaged in discovery and involvement. Hold on, I got a hold of meetings, but I, I got to miss that. I think you can get that. It means to be willing to be involved. It means to be enthusiastic. It means no holding back, eager, earnest, uncomplaining. Entwining yourself around God, you entwine yourself. Come on, your job is just to, your support. Why do you get yourself ready for God? Oh, yes, amen. Are you still with me? We are following. All right. Developing anointing means developing faith. Your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Say, my faith's in the power of God. My faith is in the power of God. Now, just to set people free from this faith message, just ran around quoting. I don't get me wrong. I love the way you guys quote stuff, but you can't keep quoting that the way you quote it without you not owning it. Amen. But there's a, a kind of teaching around the faith message where you you just say it. No, no. By faith are you saved? Well, sorry. By grace are you saved through faith? By grace are you saved? Through faith. What comes first? Grace. Yes. Right. That's, that's, that's God's involvement that causes faith to come alive. Yes. So you need to make sure there's grace on your life so faith can take, take root. Amen. That's where your intimacy is and your surrender is. No matter what the arguments in your head is, you might feel like a backslidden Christian. No, no, God... You're not back and God will never turn away from you. You just need to get into his presence where you'll find the presence of grace. And when you get into grace, faith will come alive. You start reading Psalm 105 to 150, 145 to 150. By the time you've read one of those or a couple of those chapters, you're going to find that your heart no longer caught in the negatives of the past, but your spirit will be alive, grace will be on you, and faith can now get birthed in you. The presence of grace will spring faith. Amen. You say, I don't feel full of faith. No, you, you get grace around you and you'll feel faith. Oh, yes. Am I right? Yes. I've got to hurry. I'm hurrying. I really am. All right. So it means developing faith. That means developing a mindset for the supernatural. You may not have a mindset. You can look at someone like us at the front and say, oh, yeah, that's them. No, it's you. You're the body of Christ. Amen. So you, you develop a mindset for the supernatural. You start telling yourself, when I turn up, God flows through me. Yes. Healings take place. Lives are changed. Oh, yes. I change. Oh, yes. And you, you build a mindset for the supernatural. You, you believe God's with you in spite of the circumstances. Come on, you believe that God's with you in spite your circumstances could have you in jail. But that does not mean to say God's not going to use you when you come out. Amen. One of my, one of the churches I planted, 
a guy came into my my office and the Spirit of God said, there, there goes your associate. I didn't, he disappeared and I didn't see him for six months or so, for quite a few months. And uh, I thought, I said, God, you told me, where is he? Next time he comes to see me, he's on his way to jail. This guy, he's my superintendent, he's going to jail. But you, God, you told me he was going to be my superintendent. I knew I heard God, I knew it. I visited him in jail. He had more people in his Bible study group than the chaplain had in his. Amen. He baptized prisoners under the shower. He came out of jail, became my loved person in the church. Three years later, he became my superintendent, my, my associate. It's got nothing to do with where you've been. It's what's on you. Amen. Don't you ever tell me that you're not called. I won't wear it. Oh, I've got to go quickly. So it means, believe God's weakness by the circumstances. I know you've heard this. Seeing results before you have them. Yes. You see the results before you have them. Oh, yes. Your leader's got the picture of your church, man. Amen. Way beyond where your brain's at. But he sees it. All right. So it's persevering when you want to give up and you don't feel like it and you say, oh, I'm just dead. No, 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 no. Stop it. Don't go there. Just don't go to that place. You're in charge of your brain. Oh, yes, amen. You're going to tell your brain, shut up. I'm called to God to the kingdom of God's in me and I'm going, God's going to flow through me and I'm going to make it different. Amen. You are not going to say no. Say it right now. I'm not going to say no to God. I'm not going to say no. If I can do it, you can. Oh, yes. If I can get, the, I mean, I'd, I'd like to be able to raise the dead too. Maybe that might happen before they put me in a box. But I tell you what, I'm not, I'm keeping moving on with God. Amen. There's no, if you knew where I was, you'd say, this is easy. <laughs> All right. It's standing ground when public embarrassment is attempting to make you withdraw. Yes, amen. When it's not happening and you're having to go. You pray for something, you don't get healed. You don't stop. That's right. You just do it more. Oh, man. The number of people I've prayed to be healed and they weren't. I can write a book on that one. But I just kept doing it. Amen. And I will keep doing it. So you just stand your ground when public embarrassment tempting. All right, we've got one more, two more. I'll say real quick. Developing anointing means a relationship with the Holy Spirit. I see developing anointing means a relationship with the Holy Spirit. You can quench the Holy Spirit. Just ignore him. Yes. Just ignore him. Don't talk about him. Everybody talks about Jesus. Everybody talks about the Father. But very seldom do I hear people talking about the Holy Spirit. He's got to be your best friend. Oh, yes. 
How can you call someone you never talked to your friend? Amen. Love him. I love the Holy Spirit. I love what he does to me. I love the peace he brings to me. I love what he does between the two of us. Come on. Oh, yes. Please talk about it. If you say, if you agree with what I'm saying, you're going to be talking about the Holy Spirit as much as you talk about Jesus. Oh, yes, amen. Say, the Holy Spirit's with me. The Holy Spirit is with me. Say, I love you, Holy Spirit. I love you, Holy Spirit. I wait on you. I wait on you. I learned. I'm sorry, this is me telling you. <laughs> I just got on the floor. I've got a busy mind. It's not as busy as some people, but who knows when you go to wait on, on your, and, you sh- and you just stop, your brain takes over. I couldn't keep my brain still for five minutes. Did I can keep my brain still for an hour now and just bask in the presence of the Holy Spirit. Amen, amen. I could do it for longer because the reward of it. Wait on the Lord. Yes. They that wait on the Lord renew the strength. Oh, yes. The whole lot of scriptures. Read the Psalms about waiting. Learn to shut your brain down. Let God put thoughts into you. Amen. Until you learn to stop your brain from trying to figure out what it's got to do next. Oh, yes. Amen. All right. Very quickly. Be on friendly terms. John 15, 13 to 15. I can't. If I start reading it, I'll start preaching again. Great love is no man that doesn't lay down his life for his friends. You're my friend if you do what I command you. Be obedient. If you're just picking and choosing what God wants you to do, come on, stop that. Yes, amen. Stop it. God's got grace. He'll take you on a journey. But you've got to start learning to be obedient to what he wants. Amen. All right. I think I've said the rest. John 6, 30, I've got more scripture. I'll, I'll, I'm happy for you to have my notes and give them to people if they want them. Amen. The difference between you and everybody else is God wants to flow something through you. Oh, yes. He wants to flow something through you. Desperately wants to use you. He wants your personality. It's got nothing to do with age. It's who you are. Amen. He wants that. All right. God. Now I've got to stop. I've given my best today, church. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, Sydney! Hallelujah! Thank you, Lord! Can I just... I'm sorry I sound... I I am a mess. uh, But I live... This is the way I live. (laughs) You can't live... You can't live in the Holy Spirit and not be vulnerable. Amen. Can you hear me? Oh, yes. If you've got your agenda, then you're not going to be able to change when God wants you to change. So I've taught myself to be vulnerable, but there's a cost to pay. Yes. I embarrass myself because I'm always born. Like, you know, a lot of the churches call me the, the weeping prophet. <laughs> I don't mind if they put me alongside Jeremiah, but I'm not, and, I'm not, and I'm not a bullfrog. 
But I am, I am feeling very vulnerable because I love what I sense in this church. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. You've given me a lot of permission to be who I am. I'm going to be one more thing. I'm just going to pray. and I'm not going to promise over anybody more. I feel like I've done. Is that right? If, I don't, if you want me to, I will. But I feel like I've been prophetic all this whole set. I mean, oh, yes. I've been prophetic. Thank you, Lord. This way you're feeling in the atmosphere now wants to ride on your shoulders. Own it. Just let's just wait on God for a minute. Look up like you're expecting. I don't want you to pray. I just want you to wait. If you want to do anything, just say quietly, Holy Spirit, I'm here. Holy Spirit, I'm yours. This most beautiful thing could ever place you could ever come to right now. Just say quietly, Holy Spirit, I'm here. I receive you today afresh. Wash over my mind. Wash over my life. Carry me. Holy Spirit, carry me. Holy Spirit, please carry me. I let go. I let go of my inhibitions, all my ideas. Say, Holy Spirit, clothe me right now. Clothe me. Clothe me. Just clothe me, Holy Spirit. Don't be afraid of silence. You've heard me say there's more going on behind your back than in front of your face. Clothe this church, Father. Clothe it. Clothe the people of God. Clothe your people, Lord. Receive. Receive. Walk in it. Live in it. Declare it. Proclaim it. it in Jesus name thank you for listening to keep in touch with our ministry 
visit our website at www.streams.org.au and follow us on all social media platforms at streams.international. It is a blessing to share with you all our prophetic revelation teachings and it's our prayer to see you transform into mature sons of God. Share this podcast with your friends and family. Be blessed and until next time, Shalom.